All right, on today's episode of Locked on Avalanche, the Avs in Vegas square off for the Avs' second game of the preseason. And the Colorado Avalanche, not a top 10 team in the next three years? That's according to ESPN. What? We'll talk about that. New episode of Locked on Avalanche coming at you. You're Locked on Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. Thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOP and underscore Avalanche on Twitter, X, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us over on our YouTube channel, over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, there's our rundown if you're watching over on YouTube. Yeah, uh, you didn't hear me wrong. According to ESPN, the Avalanche are not a top 10 team over the next three years. We will discuss what uh, that whole thing is all about. Uh, but because yesterday was uh, our, our special episode with Geo Collins, uh, we did not get a chance to talk about that preseason game the Avs had with Vegas. Uh, so we'll do that now, which they, they won. So that's cool, I guess. I mean, it is preseason. We don't want to make We want the cup. We want the cup. <laughs> well, you were saying uh, Vegas has not won in the preseason yet. So, yep. Panic button time for them, right? Uh, Move them. Quebec City, here they come. <laughs> uh, but overall, I thought this was a, a, a it's weird because I thought it was a better game than the first Avalanche game, it was a more entertaining game. Uh, but there was not like a, a ton of offense. Where in that first game, didn't the Avs have like forty something shots on goal? Yeah. And in this one, it was uh, maybe a little bit over twenty, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I just thought it was more of a, a like streamlined game, kind of more played to the Avalanche strengths. And we'll get to kind of individual players because once again, uh, life is going to be tough for, you know, for, for Jared Bednar and Chris McFarlane and the whole coaching staff to you know, I mean, whittle this team down. And those last couple slots can really go to, a handful of players right now. Some of these guys are looking pretty good. Yeah, and it's honestly between the two preseason games. This was you're kind of watching for the same thing. That first game, you get to see the Ross Colton, Tomas Tatar, Miles Woodline that everybody's been kind of rumbling about. You got to see that in action. Then you get to see this Vegas game, and everybody gets to see Ryan Johansson, Jonathan Drewen. What mm-hmm. does what are these guys going to be bringing to the lineup? What's that going to look like? And that was it was a positive, like yeah. seeing Rijo scoring. That was great. That was awesome. Like that, pretty goal too. Man. Yeah, that Very wrister just a, a turnaround, just fire. That's that's what you want to see. That's great. And you can see Jonathan drew in. Like we talked about it, the everydayers know. Like in the off season when he was picked up, there's a lot of there's a high ceiling, but you don't know where he's going to be. And what I saw was very positive. Like you're like okay, he's, and then. I fell into the trap. I fell into the trap that we talked about all year. I thought about, ooh, what's he going to be like with McKinnon? 
it's true because like how he looked in 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 this game uh you're like okay like you're you're not with your you know your batman yeah. Yeah. right now so um and, and i thought i thought he looked good i thought he looked yeah. comfortable um and maybe some of that is you know knowing that who you're playing against is not like the level that you're going to get but fine. I mean, he's not in a position to be like, oh, I'm um here I come, big bad Jonathan Drew in. Like, no, yeah. like so it seemed like it was um, you know, even though it was a preseason game, you get that's where maybe he can start to build up his confidence a little bit. And he's always been a good passer. I don't think that's that's the the rub on him is not that. It's just the the scoring touch seemed to be lacking last year, clearly the past few years. And I think that's what they want him to get back. But if he doesn't right away, it, it's okay because you're going to have other guys scoring. Kind of like how we've said with Nathan McKinnon, like it took him a little while to get the the, the goals going for a while, but he was just an assist machine. Yeah. You might see that in Jonathan Drewen for a little while. The assists will be there. You just hope at some point the scoring touch comes back too in terms of goals. Yeah, and that's that's how I watched that that Vegas game was kind of sitting back and you're watching Jonathan Drew and build this confidence and this synergy and just he felt comfortable and that was a good sign it didn't feel like like we mentioned players like Sam Alitsky like over playing mm-hmm. Drew and he looked comfortable and that was what you want to see and yeah. then you, to watch him build confidence all game long which was great and Ryan Johansson to get into game shape and NHL shape which is another big thing because he was kind of he talked about it after the game like he didn't know where he would be coming off that injury rehab wise and what it would be like hitting the ice again and like you heard him in the altitude interview like in the intermission like he was he was sucking wind baby he was (laughs) the hockey is back so watching him get back to conditioning that's going to be great and watching drewan get that confidence like what you saw out of all the new avalanche in these first two preseason so far, games, yeah. you got to be optimistic. It's been good. It's true. It's it's and even you know uh, some of these young guys. We we talked about Riley Tufty the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people were also looking at Oscar Alauson, and what are we going to get from him? Um, I, he was, in my opinion, the best player on the ice. Yeah, for for both teams, he looked good. I, he's still. He's not a physical player. That's been kind of the rub on him. And I don't think he's ever going to be that. But I think if he can just play, you know, if he can fill out a little bit more and just be okay with some physicality, um, then he'll be kind of more of a complete player. Because right now you have no concern about his offense. It's just his durability because he is a little bit thin frame-wise. But, man, like... The, the Avs got those two goals. They got that that really pretty goal from uh, Johansson on the power play. And then just a couple minutes later, as the period is ending, a fantastic play from that entire line. Logan O'Connor keeps the puck in the zone against the boards, kind of just shovels it up to Ben Myers, who throws almost like a no-look blind pass to Alousen, who great hands just kind of just kind of shoves it in. And he got a he got a two to one lead headed into the the intermission. But that like he was playing fine before that, but it was you could see the weight come off his shoulders yeah. and he just played loose. He played loose. He and he was in the Nathan McKinnon slot 
uh, on the power play on that left-hand side, and he was firing bullets, man. Wow, does he have a shot. So uh, the scoring touch is going to be there for him. Um, he looked great overall. I, I have his uh, – it was – let me find it real quick. Um, from Natural Stat Trick, I think he was at – let's see. His, his, yeah, so his Corsi 4 – was 30 his course against was seven mm. so th- that that is an 81 percent coursey four percentage so he's facilitating uh shots when he's on the ice whether he's taking them or, or his line mates are and great great and, game by him and seeing the avalanche i mean you're seeing split squads and different combinations so we say avalanche with air quotes <laughs> take a full two minute power play holding on to that puck and cycling the puck. And you see all these pieces. It's like getting a puzzle and you put all the pieces out together. And then you have like these little pieces you put together and you're starting to form a picture. And off these two games, the picture that's coming together, like winning face-offs, holding the power play, and just what these line combinations could and should be. I... Off, again, this is preseason, but I'm just talking like the individual worth of these pieces. Mm-hmm. This could be a very scary Avalanche team coming it up this be. season. It could be. And and I want to talk about the power play specifically and what they were doing during their their few power plays. They're one, th- one for three on the power plays, but they all looked good. Mm-hmm. What they did during those power plays, I really hope they continue into the regular season. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second. But first, we want to talk about DoorDash. And I don't know, Kyle, if you know this, but uh, Sunday, Sunday mornings here at the Maselli household is usually pancake and or waffles, Mickey Mouse waffles, nonetheless, Mm. uh, in, in our household. Because of that, that is a weekly thing. We never run out of pancake syrup. But if you are, If you have ran out of syrup and while the kids are eating their pancakes, you might have run out of coffee creamer with DoorDash grocery delivery. You can get what you want right when you need it. You use DoorDash all the time. No, no kidding. It's not you use you lived on DoorDash. I would not be here right now if it was not for DoorDash. <laughs> Are you saying DoorDash saved your life, Kyle? They saved well, my life. You're you're uh, you've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers as well. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered. Or we'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And you want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKED at checkout. That's a limited time offer. Terms apply. Once again, 50% off up to $20. No minimum subtotal. Zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKED. Don't forget the promo code 
locked for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Uh, the power play was looking pretty good, if you ask me, sir. And um, I put this up on on Twitter, actually, when, when it was happening, because what you saw the Avs doing a lot of was that little touch bump pass right to the slot. That, that's the one that Ryan Johansson scored on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just they don't necessarily go to that guy who's immediately going to take a shot. Sometimes it's just a tic-tac pass right back to that guy, but it just gives that defense different looks. And with the avalanche just do way too much, uh, even though their, their power play is good, um, it's predictable in, in how it's set up and how it's run. It's almost like the Washington capitals mm. who just, you know, they're going to Alex Ovechkin and they're make no bones about it. And they're not going to try to do anything uh, fun and exciting. Just cycle it and let him rip that, that, that slap shot. And we'll take our chances. The avalanche kind of do something similar. It's very perimeter based and they just keep going around and around and around until Nathan McKinnon gets a pass in the right spot with a defender, maybe a little bit out of place and we'll take our shot. But that little touch pass in the middle just gives a different look. And when you have someone there, they did it a few times with Alex Newhook mm-hmm. last year and the year before. Um, and now when you have a guy who who can kind of produce on that shot, it just gives a whole nother wrinkle. I really hope they're not just doing this because of the players that they have out there right now. And you see this when the normal power play one is there. It's, you know, I think you bring up kind of a really good point with like Alex Newhook and now how the center core for this avalanche could and should look like it's a beefier center core. You could easily the Landeskog office of planting yeah. somebody right in front of the goalie. We didn't have that last year. You didn't have that uh, all year last year where that was missing in the power play because that's where yeah. Landy used to work. He would get in the goalie's way. He would just kind of make things dirty. He would take that little ricochet shot or pass it right back out. But you didn't have that. And Newhook didn't have the size to do it. But now you have that with Well, you had Nachuskin, but he, you know, was hurt most of the time. Yeah, he was hurt most of the time. And they would kind of, because of his injury problems, would kind of float him out there on that perimeter to pass something open and then rip something in there. You didn't have that option. And also remember last year, in preseason they tried to introduce that 3d power play Mm. that was that was also something they introduced last year Mm -hmm. so i feel like this is something that can stick because honestly the defensive depth they had last year was something that you like to think of what this power play could look like and they never used it again you never saw the 3d power play through the regular season but this with colton and ryan johansson or whoever you throw on that power play one you have somebody that could take that Landeskog spot and really make that power play like pop. It it, it just, like I said, it just give, gets the defenders maybe just a little bit out of position. Because if you can make those passes timely and, and crisp, and even if you just, like I said, just throw it right back out to that guy who passed it to you, and then you can just cycle it around really quickly – it just gets a defender, and, th- and that just gives Nathan McKinnon that little sliver, that 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 foot of the defender being out of position. That that's all he needs. Because if you just keep going around and around, like it, you're not making the defenders work at all. Yeah, and it's pretty easy for them. And and for you to get a goal by doing that, 
kind of just like maybe a little bit of luck. And there's always luck involved in, in the game of hockey. I get that. But if you can be kind of like really in command of how the power play is operating, just that little touch pass. just And, and then, then the defenders don't know when it's coming. Because yep. right last year, they weren't expecting that. It's just like, no, they're going to cycle. Let's just try to get it in, in place. And, and sometimes skill wins out. I get that. But I really liked it. I thought um, all three power plays looked pretty good, especially that second one. Um, so we'll see where it goes from there. You mentioned, you know, setting up in front people uh, that that Landeskog house. That Landeskog is where he, he does his work. Um, <laughs> we saw it. And we saw it from Curtis McDermott, of all people, who we said it the other day was it was being reported that they told him to focus on the forward position over uh, the offseason because that's where they're going to focus him on. Uh, he, 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 you know what you're going to get from him, but the goal that he had was kind of impressive. Man. Like yeah. We have to give him some credit because he busted his butt to get down there behind the goal checked a, a Vegas player, I don't know who it was, into the boards. McDermott goes down. He pops right back up, thought the puck was going the other direction. So he starts hightailing it to the other end, but the puck gets like intercepted. So he stops and heads back to the goal, camps right in front, and there is another Vegas guy on him who didn't stand a chance. You're not going to move that guy. And he just shoveled that puck right in there for a pretty nice goal. For Curtis McDermott, give him credit for that one. You know, I think we talk a lot about Nachushkin and just the rise of his stardom and his production. I think we might be sleeping on Curtis <laughs> McDermott and what he actually when he joined the Avalanche, he was kind of a lumbering, bumbering, like you oh, knew he what was. he was out there for. <laughs> he but horrible. then he became a pretty okay defensive guy, and now this off season they're like. Focus on being a forward. And we're like, okay, sure, whatever. And he gets out there and he's actually not that bad. I, I think they, I think looking at it is like they can get less mistakes out of him as a forward than a defenseman. You know, and his, his defensive abilities is just to knock the snot out of you. He's not gonna if if it's a two-on-one, you're done. There, there's gonna be a goal score. Like he's a defensive liability, even considering his size. Yeah. Is a forward liability too. Like he, but I, I think that's just the best way to say it is like there's less mistakes that he can make on a forward position because there's two other guys there to hopefully bail him out on anything he does stupidly. Uh, where on the defensive end, if he screws up, you got one guy who it's it's left up to to clean up his dirty or his mess. Um, having said that, I it, it's interesting, man. Like this is a preseason game, right? So you're 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 gonna you want to see guys out there as much as possible, and usually the time on ice is pretty even. Um, and and for Curtis McDermott to be moving to a forward position, you would think he'd be out there for a little while. He was out there for nine minutes, which by two, far was the least amount. Two seconds of that those nine minutes were on the power play. Did he have two? Did he seriously have two seconds of, of? Did I miss that? Yeah, he had two seconds of power play time. I think he now has a career two seconds on the power play. I don't. Yeah. I cannot believe. It. Wow. So I, again, like I just, I think it's 
the 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 fans seem to have come around on him and kind of enjoy him uh for what he is the coaching staff absolutely loves him the, yep. the, his teammates absolutely love him that does not translate into he's good for this team i think like i still don't think he's going to be or, or, or find a spot on that fourth line to start this season but he will be a guy where if injuries creep up and you you need someone there I think he's been around this team long enough where he's com- Jared Benner is comfortable to go put him in and you're only going to give him five, six, seven minutes a night. And for that, I think they'll be okay with it. That's all you're going to get out of Kermit's Curtis McDermott. So when he does stuff like this, you, you get it. I just wearing a smile on my face right now. Cause you don't really see it from him. He's, he's just the one who's supposed to smash your face in. Uh, and when he does a pretty impressive, you know, a uh, series of events offensively, you give him credit for it, but don't expect this to keep up. No. And I, you kind of think that the avalanche management sees something in him and what he brings to the team. And like we mentioned a lot, the synergy, like there's something there that they love because they signed him. He's going to be around for a little bit longer. So like, yeah, it's like another they, year left or something. Yeah, the contract, they could have let him go. They could have let him walk. They could have packaged him by now. Like, <laughs> There's something there that they like. And you know what? I think I'm warming up to them. I think that something is just, we'll call you when we need you. I think that's what it is. I think, that, and, and you need that on teams. Yep. Um, but it's, it's not that we need you night in and night out on our fourth line. I, I, I still am not there with him. So again, we'll see where all this goes, but there's a lot of guys that are playing well right now in the preseason that are trying to make a name for themselves. And, and that's what you're supposed to do. So, um, <laughs> I can't wait yeah. for the uh, the ESPN three like E sixty on Curtis McDermott. There's got to be that. That'd be a fun one. That would be a fun one. What if I told you? Yes. What if I told you ESPN came out with kind of a ridiculous top ten list? Uh, would you even be surprised that I, that I would? say make a comment like espn and ridiculous in the same comment when it comes to hockey i think uh nobody would really bat an eye at that but they did and we're going to talk about that next all right so welcome back and yeah espn this is making the rounds especially in avalanche land because um they're not too happy about it the nathan Grav is his name. I don't let me let me get to his uh yeah. Nathan Grav it's just says Nathan Grav. I'm sorry. I, I don't really know his full last name. Anyway, he posted he doesn't work for ESPN. He posted um an an article that ESPN put up saying the top 10 teams for the next 3 seasons. They actually listed all the teams from mm-hmm. from 1 to 32. Um, so he put up the top in, in this article, which you have to pay for, by the way, and I am not going to do when they put up kind of uh, nonsense like this. Why would I, why would I want to pay for that? But, um, it, you know, like early in, in the, in the early stages of the internets, um, when people like and websites specifically were like trying to make names for themselves, they would just put up like this clickbaity stuff to get you to go in and, and start an argument about them. And it was like, you know, any, any, do you put anything out there? You know, any press is, is, is good press. Um, 
those days are over and this is ESPN we're talking about. So for them to put this thing up there is a little bit just like baffling to me um, because they did the top 10 NHL teams for the next three seasons. Here's your top 10. Number 10, Los Angeles Kings, nine, Columbus Blue Jackets, eight, Vegas Golden Knights, seven, Minnesota Wild, six, Dallas Stars, five, Seattle Kraken, four, Detroit Red Wings, three, Buffalo Sabres, two, Carolina Hurricanes, number one, the New Jersey Devils. You heard me correctly. They do not have the Colorado Avalanche as a top 10 team in the next three years. And briefly, there is a little bit of this article that you can read. And then before it gets to the good stuff, you have to pay for it. Um, they they did this. They had a panel of writers and they rated uh, each team in four categories. Uh, one is roster. And they said they put an emphasis on players 26 and under prospects, cap situation and contracts and front office ownership and coaching. Well, tell me where the Avalanche don't fit in a top 10 when that's your criteria over just the next three years, Kyle. This is not like you're saying 10 years in the future. Three years in the future, you think the Colorado Avalanche are not a top 10 team? Can you tell me again who number nine was? Number nine was the Columbus Blue Jackets. I rest my case. Uh, exactly. That's the one that I look at where I'm like, are you kidding? Columbus is going to be a, a much better and improved team in the next three years. But they they are still a team that is that is figuring it out. And you're and... telling me Columbus is going to be a better team than the Avalanche? And I just love like the, the, the mishmash of this top 10. It's like, hey, we'll throw in teams that are really good right now, and then we'll throw in a zinger like Columbus. Or we'll throw in like like Detroit, who I think is going to be a good team in three years. But do you think like, Detroit is number four on this list? And four. Not only is Colorado not sitting on this list, who are set up for not just three but five, maybe seven years with how this system is, they should be in that top ten for the next five to seven Easy. years. But Easy. also, who does ESPN every time the word hockey is mentioned? Who do they shove down our throats? Who's that guy well, that just got drafted? In I was going to say it's either Connor Mc. It's one of the Connors. So Connor, where where is where are they? Where is the Oilers and where are the Blackhawks? Yeah. on this top ten because you love to tell us how awesome they are. Then where are they? I don't know. I don't know. Now, uh, people who do have access to this article say that the Avalanche are number eleven on this, so you don't have to go that far down to finally find them. But I, I just. It, it it's just so confusing sometimes how ESPN does things. And I just, I genuinely feel like they still do things to this day to have clickbait and to have people like, we're talking about this right now. We're talking about this right now because, and I'm not saying they, they deliberately did it to the avalanche to have avalanche, but like, I think more Edmonton fans maybe might be uh, annoyed about this than avalanche fans, but um, maybe they took into account like, they did take it well. They do take into account like the contracts, and you don't mm -hmm. know what those contracts are going to be like on Edmonton. So I get that, but for the Avalanche, you have Kale McCarr locked up. You have Nathan McKinnon locked up. You have hopefully Gabe Landeskog locked up for a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Uh, Miko Renton, and you're expecting that to get signed, but it, it isn't. So okay, if you want to put that in there, fine. Um, I, 
it 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 it's a it's a baffling one to me. It's a baffling one, and they do. Um, Nathan also put the bottom ten in here, which is also kind of interesting. So at number twenty three, so this is from twenty three to thirty two. Arizona Coyotes, Boston Bruins, Philadelphia Flyers, St. Louis Blues, Montreal Canadiens, Washington Capitals, San Jose Sharks, New York Islanders, Vancouver Canucks at number 31, and number 32, Kyle, the Calgary Flames. They honestly think the Calgary Flames are going to be the worst team in the league in three years. The worst. Who is writing this stuff? for ESPN and this is who we have a contract with for the next few years that we have to hear about this nonsense whenever they're they're doing broadcast. Uh, I, yeah, I I think I am as vocal in disagreement with the bottom 10 as I am the top 10. Yeah, I I, I think Boston is going to be struggling in 3 years, but I think they're going to be one of the, you know, bottom dwelling teams in 3 years? No. I don't. And I'm not a Boston fan. But do I think they're going to be down there? Not at all. Um, I I don't know, dude. I, I, I think somebody really hates uh, Daryl Suter in that ESPN <laughs> office, and they're putting them wait. I I just with that team, how in the world can they at least be lower than twenty? Who's that? Calgary. Oh, Calgary. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like this. and how again? How if with the top ten, you're putting Minnesota at number seven. Aren't they still going to be paying those those buyouts in three years? Who's number three on that top ten? Uh, Buffalo. Why? I'm okay, with I think I don't think Buffalo is going to be number three, but I yeah, think Buffalo is going to be. They're going to be good. They're going to be a number three. Yes, Buffalo is going to be a player. Buffalo is probably going to be definitely a top twelve team in the next three years, maybe top ten. I think they're going to be that good, but you are propping them way up. Like you, you are you're putting too much emphasis on those the younger guys you, and you even said it in the article on emphasis on under 26 uh, all right well you could just, say, you could right just now. say tage thompson and owen power we get it oh my god we, we could have done a half hour show on that so uh fire away in the comment section please because i really want to hear what people think about that it's a little a little crazy and ridiculous but Away we go with another hockey season on ESPN. Um, all right, that's going to wrap it up for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated for Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Enjoy the day. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.